Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! Good evening, this is Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn. You know the number 0808 17 17 700. The weekend is officially here. Rangers beat Sparta Prague 2-1 last night. Six games unbeaten, five of them wins under the new manager, Philippe Clement. And also a boost for the European coefficient for Scotland's clubs, particularly for Rangers and Celtic. Barry, what a night last night. Were you happy? 2-1, it could have been more. Yeah, I thought the first 45 minutes, Paul, um, Rangers were very good. Um, second half, they weren't as good. Um, but the most important thing was getting the, the three points. I've got two games to go. The next game is uh, the end of the month against Aris Limassol. And I believe that they'll, they'll beat them as well and they should progress into European football um, next year. But overall, there's certainly um, been an improvement since a new manager's uh, come in. Um, some players are... I look different Paul if I'm being honest with you so overall good three points and now they move on to a tough game um, in Sunday against Livingston Philip Clement says yeah it was good last night but the job is not yet done yeah if there's one thing I don't want if that players think that we are now qualified so we we made a really important step forward that's true but we don't have anything in our hands for the moment so it's now confirmation in this game in, in Aris to to get our points or in the game against Betis, we still have two games to go also. No, it's it's focus, concentration to try to get three points out of every game. But we know that football is a game that you don't always get what you deserve. Or there can be circumstances that go against you. So we need to be top uh, every time. Stephen, what do you think has happened at Rangers under Clement? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think, I mean, it's a great start. Um, everything... He could have done, he's done so far, he's cut the gap to Celtic, providing they win their game in hand and he's had the double header against Sparta Prague and he's taken four points from the six. Um, as I've said on the show, I think the key part of that double header was getting to half time, um, 0-0 in the first leg. You know, Sparta threw everything at Rangers and they just about stood up to it, um, owing a lot to, to Jack Butland's brilliance but they, they did what they've done to a lot of teams over the last few years in Europe at home, they, they just blew Sparta away first half and I think Sparta were probably pretty fortunate to get in it 2-0 um, and, it, and, it's, and it's amazing the difference from a month ago when you think of I was, at, I was there that day at Paisley when you seen the banner um, accusing some of the players of maybe not playing to their best and underperforming and the difference that winning football matches can make to the whole outlook of everything so um, and, what, and what I like most about Philippe Clement is he's not, he's not giving us any sound bites I don't think I've heard him mention Celtic once I think his predecessor, that was one of his big faults. He, he made promises, he made big statements that would come back to bite him. He's he's so experienced and he's been there before, he's won leagues. Um, he knows not to, to talk too much about the rivals. What do you think of Celtic the other night? We haven't seen you since the 6-0 scoreline in Madrid. Liam Scales has been saying he thinks the team have been naive in Europe. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's pretty fair, yeah. Um, you know, a lot was made out of, of the red card. Um 
and it's been done to death I think if you've played football at any level you know there's no malice to that, that tackle sure. um, but once it's slowed down we've spoken about in the show the last few nights it, it looks like a red card because what the referee sees but Mashu is Celtic going into this game Celtic could have played well the other night Atletico Madrid beat Real Madrid at home they're one of the top teams in Europe Celtic could play at the best of their ability top of their game and lose that game my problem is the first time Atletico got the party score um, and I mean you're playing it I've been the underdog I've been to Celtic Rangers and you, it's the same message you can play at the best of your, uh, top of your game and you can still lose but don't give it away I mean stay in the game as long as you can Celtic switched off at a throw-in um, I know previously Joe Hart could potentially catch it and take the pressure off but Celtic switched off from a throw-in five minutes into a game when the red card happens almost against a team of Atletico's quality the game's gone anyway it won now losing a goal after five minutes so um, I think Liam Scales is right I think there's a naivety to, to Celtic I think it follows on from domestically they started sloppy against St Mirren they give a goal away but they're good enough they're the better team they can recover that situation they can yeah. win that game 2-1 at that level of football you switch off from throw-ins you give away the first goal then I mean the game the game can be away for you uh, as soon as five minutes into the game Talk more about that shortly. 0808 17 17 700. First up, a Rangers fan, Sean. Good evening. All right, guys. Brilliant to uh, um, last night's performance. Um, I'm 99% sure Rangers will qualify for if we finish first, we'll get the last 16, finish second, the last 32, finish third, confidently. No chance we'll finish bottom. So we will be in Europe after Christmas. So uh, one club in Scotland will always be in Europe. So you're saying you don't think Celtic are going to be there? You never know. But from a Rangers, I don't think yeah. Celtic will be there. Yeah. And Aberdeen, unfortunately, yeah. that's right. So. Yeah, two-two last night. But they will they'll still be in Europe, but they won't go any further. Barry, what about Rangers last? Night? What about Danilo? Where do you want to start with Sean? Um, he's he's loving life under PC, yeah, and he's playing in he's his proper position, Paul. He's playing through the middle on the shoulders, yeah. he, he centre halves. Um, I just like his all-round game. I like his movement. I like his energy. I like his work rate. His link-up play is really good and he's doing the most important thing that a number nine should do and that's score goals. So he's been very impressive since he's come back from the facial injury that he suffered against St. Johnson. Cantwell's goal as well. I liked it. Yep. yep. Uh, I, I like Todd Cantwell. Um, I, I've said it many a times. He's a, in my eyes, when he concentrates on football but on the pitch, he's a game-changer. He's playing in the right um, hand, right side, um, a, a front three, it's a position that I heard them say last night that he's not played before. So the man manager's obviously identified something that he sees in him. And, and if Todd continues to play like that, he'll be a big player for Rangers. Lundstrom's cross in, started it off, Lammers involved, Danilo. And you've spotted that Rangers have changed the way they're playing, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's very similar to a lot of Rangers' big performances in Europe. I think the... the the atmosphere, the way they started the game, the intensity, they, they blew Sparta away. I don't think yep. Sparta could cope with it. Um, I think the frustration was that it became, the last 10 minutes were very nervy. You know, Jack Butland has to make a, a great save. It, for long periods of that game, you're thinking Rangers are so in control. It didn't need to be like that. I think they could be a bit more clinical. But um, yeah, as I said, I think Philippe Clement's done a great job. Going back to what Barry's saying about uh, Todd Cantwell, I think, I think the... Questions were beginning to be asked about his productivity in terms of goals and assists. If he's going to command that, that number 10 position, if he's going to play in the front areas. When you look at the success Ryan Kent had in his Rangers career, 
he was asked a lot he, he didn't score enough he didn't set up enough um, and Todd Cantonwell comes in and he gets his goal in a much better performance from this season that's his first goal Barry which surprised me I thought yeah, he, had... he needs to add that to his game I think if you ask Todd himself that'll be something that he'll be um, wanting to do is add goals to his game he, he, listen he, he's got a, a lovely touch um, he's a very elegant player the fans really like him um, and he's obviously playing in the, the right hand side of, of midfield and I thought last night the first 45 minutes um, he was very good and I thought he's finished a lot of players would just go and put their laces through that but he was cool and calm and, and slotted it into the, the bottom corner It's from the manager's uh, own mouth what did he think of the game? Of course I'm really happy to get these three points because I know how good the team Sparta Prague is with a good coach also good structure good footballing team started the game with uh, with a lot of intensity what I wanted with good pressing um, aggressivity with and without the ball and I think it was a really well-deserved 2-0 uh, lead. We missed the chances for the 3-0. makes a big difference because you killed the belief then. So that's the only thing we missed today, I think. Second half, we kept control of the game. Not too many chances against. We didn't create also not so much anymore like in the first half. And at the end, uh, we finished the game in a mature way. Pity that we get a goal against, but okay, that's also the quality of Sparta. Sean, what else is on your mind after last night? Well, I enjoyed it yesterday. I think, uh, especially scoring 2 0 I think we could have been 4 0 up in the first half. So a wee bit dip in the second half, but overall, Rangers were the better team, deserved to get the three points. Uh, I'm just looking forward to Sunday. Obviously, it's a plastic pitch. I think we'll win 2 0, and I think we'll just keep going, keep getting the wins. and hopefully get the win uh, on the 30th and I believe see if we go top the league in January huh? I'm going to tell my Sean statement I think Rangers will win the league Barry what would you say? Well you <laughs> did say when the manager came in you know it's not over No it's, yeah, it's, sure. no, it's not yeah. there's plenty of football to be played yeah. listen I would rather be in Celtic's position yeah. um, no doubt about it Rangers have still got to win the game in hand which is home against St Johnson mm -hmm. And I think they will do that. But listen, things are going along nicely, Paul. Um, I, I noticed it yesterday when I was at the game and I came in about two and a half hours before it. There's, there's, there's a different atmosphere about the place. And that's down to the new manager and that's also down to the players. But it, listen, it feeds into the, the stands and you, you can sense that the fans are, are enjoying what Philip Clement's um, producing at this moment in time. And listen, you've got to give the players credit as well because some of them are, are putting in performances that were really disappointing three or four weeks ago so they look like different players here's a Celtic fan on thanks Sean for that one here's Paul and Kirkintilla good evening Paul hey hi guys how are we doing yeah fine thanks how are you ah no bad yeah. no bad Re recovering uh, from that result the other night yeah I, I recovering from the result but also just still being annoyed about the whole the whole thing I mean I'm not a fan of Atletico Madrid anyway because they've done Celtic that's another blow they've done to them uh, they've done them a bit of harm in the past but uh, my point tonight is just to the guys that I heard Liam Scales saying that uh, Celtic were a wee bit naive and stuff like that uh -huh. uh, now should we be should we be training our kids to cheat now but that what I mean is should we be training our kids to uh, be going up roaring in the referee's face uh, contesting every decision because they were doing it at Celtic Park as well yeah. 
Uh, targeting players, look, they've done with Maida. I mean, that's, that's what they've done because first game at Celtic Park, he was the guy that was getting joy and the, the guy that sent off against him. So they targeted him the other night, but we keep getting told that we're there to make up the numbers. Uh, and it is hard enough that, I mean, even the physio's in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's down rolling about. He's a bit on, he's up spraying whatever it is to spray on the boot. They're, they're all on at it. And it's 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 a form of cheating. You know, uh, it just leaves a really bitter taste in my mouth. So much so that the result didn't really matter, but it's just it's constant. I mean and it's not just it's not just a letting them did do it. They've got they, a lot of these teams have got ways of doing it. Uh, I remember yeah. a few years ago in the final, uh, Ramos took out Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. That was targeted. Yeah. You know, but they're just that's a great point. Let's put it to two professionals. Stephen, what do you think? I mean, is it the right thing to teach kids? Because, yeah, people are saying Celtic are naive in Europe. Yeah, but I do think there's certain standards. I mean, Atletico Madrid, I, I watched the Simeone documentary. I totally respect what he's done, but I hate how he acts at the side of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate that to be the Celtic manager and you're playing domestic games away from home and he's chasing up the touchline trying to get players sent off uh, there's a very similar tackle to the Maeda one on Kyogo now if Kyogo rolls about if Brendan Rodgers runs onto the pitch um, if Paul says the physio is getting involved as well and he gets sent to the screen he probably goes off as well but I, I mean the whole the whole VAR I was a big fan of it coming in the whole thing just seems to stink just now you know what in my career I, I was never sent off Um I, I don't think I, wow. I have that same record if I play in VR for 15 years. I think it's almost impossible now not to get sent off. The, the game's becoming... A lot of the games you're watching, you see on the tel- telly, just this season, we've seen Tottenham v Liverpool with two sending-offs. We've seen um, Tottenham versus Chelsea with mm. two red... It, it's becoming part of the game, but it's not 11 v 11 anymore. And and I think VR's got a lot to say about that. Barry, it is a good point, isn't it? Kind I wish I could thing. say that and never get that, sent off. I know you did. Not many <laughs> yeah. times, but you did. But what about that for young people? If, I, I don't yeah. like the way they act. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, Paul's got a good point. I don't like that at the side, waving their arms yeah. and you see the players uh, booking and all this nonsense. I, I don't like it. Look, I'm not going to say, when I played, if I get tackled, sometimes I did roll about one extra roll to try and get a, a reaction from the, the referee. But the way... That they acted at the side and the way that some of the players acted um, from Atletico, I didn't enjoy that. And then also at the end, I don't like that walking straight up the tunnel. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. No class. Un, yeah, yeah, there's no class yeah. about that. Listen, whether so, you win six 0 and you get beat six 0 you still go over and put your hand out and yep. and shake the opponent's hand and see on the decisions for the three of you. What does the referee? The referee's it's need not, to be I stronger. Don't get, it's not a red card. Yeah. It's not, it's, did you watch Marcus uh, Rashford? Rashford I mean what I don't think yeah, that's a red I know, card I know I don't it's the problem you've got is when the referees go over to yeah. the, the TV yeah. screen it's a still image and it looks horrendous sure. but during when I was watching it for me a yellow card at most for Mieda and also for the Manchester United player Marcus Rashford is everyone is anyone for VAR anymore the whole narrative like now it. is not. I, I, I Barry, think, the, no, I think no. the majority is against it, but Barry will probably back this up. The amount of times in your career you go home and nobody, I mean, family watching, whatever, they won't have remembered a bad tackle on you. But you'll remember you maybe won the ball, you maybe lost a tackle and they just caught you late and you'd roll down your, your socks that night or pull your tracks up yeah. and you say, look, at that's his studs there. Mm. 
it's part of the game. Now nowadays, now if you if, if you go down, if I maybe lost that fifty fifty, but I go down roll about, the referee goes to the screen, that's an automatic red card. Yeah. But ten years ago that was just a you've went for a fifty fifty and you've made contact because it's it's a very strong tackle. I think it's taking the fun and enjoyment out of the game. It is, isn't it? I'll be honest with you, I was a, a I was all for it coming in, but I'll be honest with you, I I don't like it. And do you know what? Come back to it because Referees, human, they're going to make mistakes, but the game was a lot better yeah. without it, in my mm. opinion. Paul, what about Dyson Maida? So he's out for six weeks. You're getting worried now, but you know, Jota's obviously gone. Abad has been out for ages. Haksabanovic is gone. Um, how, do you, how are you feeling about it? You want to get to January to your top of the league? You've still got that gap. But what are you thinking about the league? Hey, I'm, I'm thinking. No, I'm not worried. We've got a big squad, you know, and this is maybe the, the chance for some guys to take their, uh, their their chance, and they need to because I think a lot will be out in January. Uh, I'll be surprised if my head is out six weeks. I know Brendan Rodgers said that, but I'll be surprised. Uh, uh, but good game again on Sunday. We need to get, pick ourselves back up. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday, but uh, no, no, I'm not worried. To be honest. The kind of game you want. Paul, thanks a lot. That was a really good point you made. Thanks very much. Cheers. 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 Thanks, Sean, earlier there. It's, it's not a good example, is it? I mean, the, Ar the Argentinian manager, and uh, if you watch Argentinian football, as we all do at times, it, it's par for the course. It's, it's amazing when you watch South American football, it's amazing. That you obviously, watch some Argentina games mm -hmm. if they're on telly just because Messi's playing. See some of the tackles that go in, and then you think they come to Europe, they play against um, Scottish clubs in Europe, and the roll about are they and I think but then your own South American leagues I mean some of the tackles get in you could go to jail for over here um, so it's just uh, it's not something you want to see uh, as I said Kyogo the one in Kyogo is quite similar but it's just a normal tackle in football you're not looking for that to be a red card but if Kyogo rolls about potentially the ref goes to the screen and it's 10v10 I just don't think there was any malice in it no I'm hearing people saying yeah that's the rules and whatever but when you slow it down it looks it looks bad but in real time, he's just attempting to win the ball in my eyes. What's the injury news for Rangers? I think it's better news, isn't it, after last night? Here's Philip Clement. Um, I think we, we can get some players back. Uh, I hope to get Kemar back after the, the break, that he can be really good. He was on the bench now, but just for a few minutes. And because we lacked players, because of the European list also, I expect uh, Rabi Matondo back. After the international break, I expect uh, uh, John Sutter back. I expect Raskin back. So there's going to be more competition, and that's good. Uh, not only competition, but also a possibility to make rotation because we are ambitious in the four leagues. There will be a lot of games. So I can say to the players, and I told them already, the players who show themselves every day and work hard every day during a long period for sure they will get chances in games with the programme we have it's about them showing themselves that, that that they stay ready and that they are ready Barry a week or two ago we were talking about all the injuries it's sounding a lot more positive yeah and it's yeah. competition for places as, as well um, no doubt Raskin Matondo Suter um, important players and there's um, a big December ahead there's a lot of games a lot of football so it's good to see 
these guys uh, getting back on the training field and be available for the up and coming games. And people like Balligan back in the squad because you know obviously yeah, he wasn't. And Ridvan yeah. Yeah. as well. Um, so I'm sure you will see a bit of rotation. I don't think there'll be much rotation, but there will be a bit um, for the game in, in Sunday against Livingston. 0808 08, 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! Heading right into the weekend, the Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney. Barry Ferguson back from the game last night and looking forward to, well, this weekend, Livy against Rangers and Celtic against Aberdeen. Plus, well, what about the Dons last night? It was pretty valiant, wasn't it? Barry, not enough for them to, you know, continue. Yeah, I, I but, thought yeah. Paul would have won the game pretty convincingly, but um, they've obviously took a lift for the, the game at the weekend, going through into the, the League Cup final, um, and then went over there, and it was a good effort, but not enough... I don't think to obviously progress. For Celtic, they will be, I would guess, they would just want to get on back into league action. Cameron Carter-Vickers has been speaking today about the midweek game in Madrid and about moving on. Oh yeah, I think so. Obviously, um, disappointed to, to obviously lose the game and lose it by that many goals. You know, we've we've, we've looked back at it now as a team and, you know, we've kind of worked out what we, what we need to do better and, and that's all about the weekend. Yeah, no, I think obviously any time you get beat by six, you know, it's, it's frustrating. But like you said, I think I know we conceded the early goal, but I think with 11 men, we were competing fairly well against them. And obviously, the sending off kind of kind of changes that makes it harder for us. But, you know, I still think at, at that point, down to 10 men, you know, we probably could have done a bit more as a team to to, to to limit the amount of goals they could score. Stephen, you reckon that's what they'll be looking forward to, getting back to a game with Aberdeen, which they've got a great record against them? Yeah, I think from Brendan Rodgers' substitutions, he started to think about that with about 25 minutes to go. Maybe even earlier when you're thinking Matt Riley coming off at half time. Um, Callum McGregor very rarely gets taken off taken off I think the team that finished the other night um, pretty much showed that Brendan Rodgers was starting to, to move on to Sunday I think that it's it's a huge game in terms of Aberdeen's away performances when you think they've won at Ibrooks. Um they had such an amazing performance in Germany very unlucky to lose on the night and obviously going over to Greece um, against a good side and, and getting a 2-2 draw so they'll be under no illusions it's going to be a tough game to bounce back in but I think it should bring the best out in them in terms of a team that will come and have a go as opposed to just parking the bus George is on the line now from Bathgate good evening George <coughs> George how you hi you're hi. on good how are you how you doing boys alright just, just what I say about the Rangers performance last night uh-huh. uh, I, thought, I thought Rangers were excellent last night first half anyway I thought they were excellent I think we're starting to see uh, signs about this manager's actually want today and how he's wanting the team to go forward but the point I uh, took last night is I watched Danilo um, for his goal yeah. and the big defender um, the big defender just wanted off after that I mean I've seen him an absolute nightmare and we've never had we've not had a, a, a striker doing that for we Alfie was doing it a few years ago right enough but apart from that we've not actually had somebody doing that for a long time putting a bit of frightening um, into the defenders because that goes a long way when you're playing these games and they're a bit um, watch out for you and things like that we've not had that and then Cantwell at the back and uh, mm-hmm. just at the back of him last night I thought it was excellent as well so what a great team performance last night with everybody. Barry, that is Alfie. I know, exactly. I haven't heard him for it. That was Morellas, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he, Danilo tortured Gomez, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I said that. Like um, At the start of the season, I thought he struggled when he came in because he was playing out of position. But when he's been through the middle, Paul, you can see the difference in him. As I said, he's he's got everything you would look in a, a centre-forward, a number nine. He's good movement. He's got a brilliant work ethic. He links up play really well and he does the hardest thing and that's 
scored goals. Um, so I was very impressed with him. I was, as George says, the first 45 minutes, you can see the confidence um, oozing out the, the team. The second 45, I, I wanted them to kick on a wee bit, but listen, you can't always do that. But see, overall, there's, there is definitely a difference you can see. I think the manager simplified things. You can see they're very well structured and organised now. Going forward, um, they don't look like they're going to concede many goals and going forward, they look if like they're going to score. Um, most times they, they break into the opposition box. Here's the manager speaking about the improvement in the players uh, and the way they're coming on the past few weeks. It's always the work of the players. So as a coach, you can give advice, you can build things. It's collective and individual. I think... Uh, Several players are, are also benefiting of the collective things, what the other players are doing around them. That's also the kind of football we want to see, to have movement together, to have uh, work together. And yeah, there's a lot of emphasis on that uh, in the trainings, in the video sessions, in everything. But as a player, if you're not open for it, if you're not ready for it, if you're not ambitious, you don't take the lessons and you don't become better. So at the end, it's about the players themselves. George, what is it about your club in Europe? It's absolutely fantastic, Paul. Honestly, I've seen the, the stats last night, the 33 games at him and Hickelow 3. It was a big result last night for Scottish football, mm -hmm. uh, Paul. Let's yeah. be honest about Ken. That's taking a dig, by the way. No, you're Whilst right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just taking a dig. I listened to uh, the London radio station the other day, there, <laughs> and the boy, yeah. Big Brother, famous for being Big Brother, and um, he was going on about how, it, how um, a rival shouldn't be in the Champions League and things like that. And I remember a few years ago, his team got hammered off a uh, Man City 8 nothing, And there was nothing mentioned about it. But as soon as a Scottish team gets part of that team, I fled from Madrid, could do that to anybody that wanted to. Mm -hmm. So that's me not taking a dive. No, sure. Anybody yeah. could. I think it was a great result for Scottish football last night. We really needed that. Um, but they've to keep up the coefficient, Paul. But oh, Rangers at Ibrox, it's just different. It's just different. I mean, people must really, really starting to be fine to come here now. I mean, you see folk like Jack Butland and... Cantwell and Danilo, they must be loving every minute of this. Ken Barry's been there and done it, but they must be absolutely loving every minute of this. Barry, you said that about the difference now. You asked for uh, that months yeah, ago. Yeah, I sensed that look, yeah. Paul going to the game last night. Um, people are excited, they're looking forward to seeing this Rangers mm -hmm. um, team play. Uh, they're really committed. I'm not saying they weren't committed before, but there's a lot more energy about them, a lot more commitment. But listen, winning breeds confidence. You can see the confidence starting to come through and and quite a lot of the, the players and it's an enjoyable watch I really enjoyed that first 45 minutes um, second half wasn't as good but yeah. you know what that's me been demanding and you hear the manager after it he says I, I want to see that for 90 minutes that's that's him keeping the players on their toes because um, he certainly looks to me if he's a very demanding manager and that's what you need to be if you want to be successful at Rangers Stephen some players coming through McCausland what do you make of them so far? Yeah, well, the first time I kind of saw him is at that game in Paisley against St Mirren and you could see he was just desperate to impress. Um, loads of energy and to be fair to Philippe Clermont, he's, he's starting to get bodies back. He's still backing the young guy to go in and play. Um, just going back to, I, I do think I do think it's a big thing about being in the Europa League. I know the finance that comes in the Champions League, but I think even just that positivity with the fans going to the game, they know that you can blow away a Sparta Prague. It's not like you're, you're playing against the Liverpools when it's like this could be ha a helmets on job. It's you're going to if we're really at it as a crowd here, we can just blow them away. And 
centre half can get caught in the ball after 10 minutes and they'll just not be able to handle it so as much as it's a blow not to be in the Champions League I do think in this Europa League I think that group of players know they can be competitive at that level It's a balance Barry isn't it being in Europe you want to be there you want to be in the Champions League but it was so tough last year and it affected Rangers it affected the league form yeah it affected me and I was with you <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was sore at times um, yeah. but listen in, in the Europa League Rangers have, have done really well um, and hopefully they can get that important win at the, the end of November um, when Limas all come to town and get into European football after Christmas because it does create a bit of money for the club and I'm sure if that happens I'm sure the the board will do everything in their power to, to give it to the manager to go and strengthen George the Limassol game seems a long time ago now doesn't it and yet it was only what three or four weeks ago what about Livy this weekend there this weekend coming up yeah. my, my, my famous saying is getting the working bits on and getting these games out of the way I think and I don't know why I say it anymore because we're yeah. playing some good football in that ball but yeah. I think on Saturday uh, Sunday sorry going to the Armandale Stadium I think that's what you've got to do because David Martindale sets up his team really well he's got them exactly how he wants it maybe they'll fight for everything they'll attack for everything so I, I can we can play some decent football now but realistically I think for the first maybe the first half we'll need to get the working boots on and, and slaughter the game out a wee bit and then take it for there I genuinely hard it'll be a hard game on Saturday mm. Sunday Barry are there going to be many changes given that they played I last night I think there'll night? be some changes I don't think there'll be wholesale changes Paul um, he'll freshen it up a wee bit um, and look see if this was four or five weeks I'd be concerned but I'm not concerned with, with the way that this manager's going about his business at this moment in time it's going to be a different game you're obviously at artificial surface I'm sure the players will be hoping it's going to be a, a rainy day because there's a bit of zip there'll be a bit of zip on the pitch but um, it'll probably be dry it's difficult but listen they'll not use any excuses they need to go there I really don't care how they play it's just about coming back down the motorway with three points in the bag and Stephen George is right about the coefficient this is so crucial for Rangers or Celtic to stay in the Champions League for next season to me, and in coming years we need to get more points in Europe yeah the whole package even the fact that I mean Aberdeen are in um, the group stages of European football third place is getting that guaranteed group stage we saw it with Hearts last year it's just great when I mean I've got Aston Villa games on a Thursday as well but yeah. it's just great yeah. on a Thursday, Thursday afternoon you're looking forward to the games and you think well I've got the Aberdeen game at five I've got the Rangers and Villa games at eight o'clock it's, yeah. it's great and, you, and you, do, you want more of it you, you don't want less of it do you know what I mean we want can we get a fourth team in there um, I think the Conference League's been a great addition to Europe even when you think of finishing third in the Europa League they still you can go far after Christmas um, but I think on Sunday I, I'm, I'm with Barry I, I fully expect the way Rangers are playing at the minute they go and they're, they're really comfy through at Livingston and I think this year it's, it's going to be really tough for Livingston I'm starting yeah. to think with the way St Johnston have picked up and one of the big problems Livingston have now got is how respected they are throughout the league when you, when you hear George speaking there about what a tough game it's going to be when they first come in the league and it's like it's only Livingston they've got no fans um, now they're so well respected and everyone knows right you need to be right at it you need to match them in every area of the park and then the quality comes through I think it's it's going to be the hardest year yet for Livingston to stay in the league True, it's not a surprise anymore if you drop points at Livy no, This yeah. is one of the games you're going down there to play on Sunday afternoon sleeves are rolled up you need to get wired in um, match their commitment and if Rangers do that which I'm sure they will do their quality will come through in the end What about uh, the suspension of Conor Goldson? Here's the manager's take on that yeah, all those things. Eh? So it was first an offside. 
We spoke about that already the first half. I think it's a stupid rule uh, to wait that long. Um, because not only for this situation, and it's a, it's a good example, but also for injuries. If you continue playing when the action is clearly uh, over, you have a risk also, collision, a tackle, stupid things. So yeah, I'm, I'm not somebody who works for UEFA or FIFA to change the rules, but for me it's, it's, it's a rule. If it's really clearly that uh, the linesmen need to, need to show that uh, much earlier. Because like this, so stupid things can happen, like now with the yellow card with Connor. But it is what it is. Um, I'm not somebody who who keeps on thinking about a problem if you cannot solve it. He will be suspended. So it will be a chance for other players to, to prove themselves. Barry, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a crazy rule. Paul, I hate when it's clearly offside, they should just yeah. blow the whistle. Um, when there's sometimes I see like five, six yards offside and they still let play go until they make an attempt on goal. I, I've always wondered why they, they, they need to change that rule because he's bang on. There could be a collision, there could be a, a silly tackle happening and it could result in somebody getting a serious injury. You saw another side to him, didn't you? He wasn't happy about it at all a few times No, last but then night. I, I like that. Listen, he's disappointed because Conor Golson's a leader. He's a big player for Rangers, but then it gives somebody else an opportunity to come in and see how Rangers cope without Conor Golson. George, what's your scoreline? Sunday, Livy. I'll take any win, Paul. I'll <laughs> take any win. I really will. I mean, we were talking there about the Europa League, yeah. uh, big corners. That is a daft rule, but I think you put John Lundstrom in there because um, you're at the bare bones of your, your Europa League group. Yeah. So you put big John Lundstrom in there, right, I think you still win. Uh, and that's you through the next one. You can pack that away until March, Paul, that's the thing. And you concentrate in the league. And we've had a bit of, uh, a, bit of a bad start in the league. And like Barry was saying earlier, you prefer to be in a rival's position with six points ahead. There's, of course, you would. But at the end of the day, we're starting to motor a wee bit and play a bit of football. So if we can get the win on Saturday, eh, Sunday, and then um, qualify for Europe, and then we can concentrate in the league for the rest of the, the year, Paul. Cheers, George. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! Into the weekend, there's a big game tonight in the Championship, as there usually is. Dunfermline against Dundee United. That's tasty, Barry, isn't it? It's a big yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. That way, um, good result for Dunfermline last last week at, at Capelo against uh, Morton. Uh, Dundee United sitting top of the league. Jim Goodwin, manager of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Will that come back and bite him <laughs> tonight? Just generally, you see if a manager gets that, yeah. they, they lose the, the next game. So, yeah, that's a game I'm looking forward to. Two good teams in good form. And tomorrow, Airdrie against Arbroath, Inverness against Ayr, Partick Thistle against Morton, and Queen's Park against Wraith Rovers. Stephen, some great ties in there. What do you think about uh, what about the Jags versus the Ton? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, I loved the game last week. Um, the Morton versus Dunfermline game, it yeah. had everything. Yeah. The first yeah. half, I mean, the Morton crowd were so restless. It was obviously yeah. the early sub, 2 0 up at half time, and you're thinking this could yeah. be anything. The game totally flipped. Mm. Honestly, the second half, you're actually thinking if Morton can score early enough here, they could go on and win the game with everything, all the madness that's going on in the first half. But it's a brilliant league. Honestly, they Friday night games. What about the boot? Real, unbelievable. The first half, I could not believe it. Um, just every single time they touched the ball, yeah. or a certain player touched the ball, there was a there was a boo. Um, but then they were like a different team in the, as Stephen just mentioned, they're a different team in the 
second half just got off to a terrible start and then it's hard to recover then there was, there was about three or four goal mouth scrambles we were thinking uh, this has got to be a goal I mean how can they possibly clear it but it was just it was it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant league and as I said it's, the Friday night games are great to see sure are and on Saturday um, you're on the way back to fitness hopefully you won't be playing but Falkirk up against uh, Edinburgh and of course the Aki's up there as well it's a real battle this season between you two yeah it's a game we obviously we dropped two points yeah. last week down at Queen yeah. of South obviously never an easy place to go but in a two horse race you obviously look at the Hamilton result and they've they've been beaten up at Cove and um, you always have that glass halfway half full way of looking at it as a point gained um, from a poor performance so we've got a good game this weekend to look forward to and hopefully get back to winning ways and in the Premiership tomorrow Dundee against St Mirren they're all really good games Hibs against Kilmarnock Motherwell against Hearts and St Johnson Ross County we'll go through all the games shortly so Brendan Rodgers has been speaking with the media in the last uh, short while ahead of the game against Aberdeen on Sunday, I think it's live in the telly, isn't it? It's a funny 2.30 kick-off. First of all, what about the loss of Dyson Maida? It's a big loss because his attitude and mentality going into every game is is superb. He initiates the pressure for us at the top end. I always say it's, it's an opportunity for someone else to come in and, uh, and take that opportunity to play. And who's that going to be? Here's the news of the injury itself. Yeah, all good, apart from... Dizan Mieda will probably be Dizan probably be up to six weeks out with the injury from the uh, the challenge. So um, he's sort of strained his, his his medial knee ligament, which comes from when you just knock a player on the foot. If, if he was in stronger in the challenge, he probably wouldn't have had the injury. So uh, just a clash of feet. It's just opened up his knee ligament. So um, so it's a big shame for us because he's been brilliant for for me since I came here. He sure has, Barry. He's, uh, he's a special player. He's so unpredictable, Dyson Maida. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to replace him for the next five or six weeks? Well, as Brendan Rodgers says, it's an ideal opportunity for somebody to go and, and seize the opportunity. Um, but he'll be a big miss. He's not just going forward with his, his pace. It's the work he does defensively as well that um, really impresses me. So he's a real good team player. He's one of the guys where you would love to play with. You would love to yeah. have him. Um, and your team and again he's been another successful signing for Celtic Stephen? Yeah I totally agree I think if you ask Brendan Rodgers um, the one player he wouldn't have wanted to be sent off the other night it'd be Dyson Maida when you think of the consequences of what 10 men looks like and how how well Dyson Maida can cover for that man down as we as we saw at Livingston early in the season and I just think I mean domestically Lewis Palmer looks as if he's going to score a lot of goals in this country he looks as if he's going to he's got a great cross on him he can hit free kicks and he can score from open play. So domestically could they cover potentially, but I think at the top level, I think um I think they'll be hoping that he's back for the Rangers game in January because I think in the Rangers games and in Europe, I think he's where where he's most effective. I think when that's where they'll miss him the most. What age is he? Um he's only right. Okay, we'll check in a moment or two. Still, yeah. Still good, good yeah. age. I've not seen his... him smile much. No. And he is quite yeah. Serious looking, isn't he? Is he? Very you know, serious. Like, but to be fair, a good player. Yeah. Kyogo smiles a lot, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's hear the manager speak after the European nightmare the other night against Madrid. Yeah, but I also think that's why we coach and it's why we manage. You know, clearly I always say after any loss, you have a grieving period for 24 hours. But then you move on. Like in life, you can't you can't dwell too much. And that's why we get paid as managers and coaches. You know, we get paid to 
to to train the players, to coach the players, um, to speak around confidence. Because there's no doubt when a, if, if two players are the same and one has confidence and one doesn't, the player with the confidence is much better. And that's my job to ensure that my speeches and the sessions we have is there to improve uh, the confidence level of players. And and for me, I've seen that after the disappointment, they've come back in and a couple of days been been very good. So. We move on to the next game. He's basically saying, Stephen, that's why they get the big bucks. They're the managers and they have to deal with these situations. Yeah, and he knows he's, he's been at Celtic over his, over the two periods long enough to know that a lot of Tuesday night will be forgotten about if they can take care of Aberdeen on Sunday. Um, it's a game, if you handpick games after Europe in terms of Aberdeen maybe playing the Thursday night, a home game against them on the Sunday, it's it's favourable for, for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers. But he knows that He'll dampen a lot of the noise if, if he can do the business on Sunday. He's been asked about VAR. I mean, everyone's talking about VAR. And I heard what you said earlier on, Stephen. Even if the VAR hadn't intervened and Maida um, hadn't gone off, they were still a goal down, even at that point, so early. Um, the manager was speaking about VAR. He was asked today. I think it's one, that, when it first came out, I've always been one for to make the greater good of the game. If something helps that, makes it better as a spectacle and, you know, for supporters, then, then brilliant. I felt for Celtic supporters the other, the other day, you know, you think you've paid hundreds of hundreds of pounds to travel over to Madrid. You're stuck up in the sky watching the game and you've had a good day maybe in Madrid and you go to the game and after 20-odd minutes, you're one of your players sent off. Just spoils the game. Just absolutely spoils the game. And I think we're now starting to see it that little bit more. I was always cautious in it all to see how, you know, the technology works and... Uh, and okay, the, the technology is fine, but the implementation of that. But um, but the more I see it, and the more it goes on, I watch the game after. I see um, Marcus Rashford getting sent off, which was never ascending off. You know, when he goes to plant his foot, you know the the, the young guy's foot wasn't there initially, and then it's there, and it's he gets sent off, and that changes the course of the game. Um, so we're starting to see it a lot more often. No, and I think that the waiting about, the hanging about, I said after the game the other night, the fields were getting more, it's more like a computer game. No, everything being assessed on a screen. And that's not football. It's not football. And I think if it continues that way, then of course um, it, it would have to be looked at. For, because from a player's perspective, supporter's perspective, and a, an actual general football perspective, that's not the game we know and the game we love. Barry? Yeah, it, it was brought in to progress the game and get the big decisions right, but I don't think it has. Um, it hasn't worked. Just limit it, in my eyes, to goal line technology. Um, and I was all for it as well. Yeah. I just don't like it. I think it's I think it's killing the game. And we don't have, as you know, we don't have the goal line technology in the Premiership. Stephen, what's your view? I think you've got a strong view now. What would you do with VAR in the Premiership? Yeah, I'd get rid of it. Definitely, I think. Scrap it completely. For, for the cost of it, I mean, we're, we're not flowing with lots of money in, in our game. I just, I don't think the fan enjoyment. I was at the Hibs St Mirren game the other night and the corner comes in, Hibs defend it. Well, appears to defend it and then the referee's checking for VAR. We don't know in the stadium what, what he's checking. I'm thinking, I mean, the automatic thing is someone's grabbed someone back, but it could also be someone's maybe punched someone in the chest. You actually don't know until it comes over the tannoy that's a potential penalty. I just don't think it's... I think we've come away from the clear and obvious error part of it, where you would only go and check the the big decisions that were definitely wrong. They're going to check small decisions that have big impacts. Yes. And 
they're, they're making big decisions on the game that splits splitting opinions yeah. um, with VR the one thing shouldn't split opinions it should be black and white we shouldn't be getting in here and someone saying that I thought maybe a penalty I thought not a penalty red card not red card it should only be absolute clear and obvious and they've gone away from it <clears throat> and I think for the, for the to get back to your game at their best I think they need to get rid of it I'm looking forward to the game at East End Park mm-hmm. no VAR involved that's right yeah proper game of football Just there's go. going to be some yeah. mistakes mm-hmm. don't get me wrong the referee will make some mistakes there'll be maybe a couple over the top tackles but just let the game run and, and get it back to the way it was enjoy the exhilaration yeah. if you score look how dangerous though if it was scrapped in Scotland and if you've got a view give us a call or join the conversation at Go Football Show but we would then appear to be country bumpkins wouldn't we a little bit if we're not in if we don't have VAR how's it going to affect Celtic Rangers Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, whoever's in next season in Europe. I get it. I, I do get it. But also, we are one of the best supported yeah. um, countries in, in Europe in yeah. terms of percentage mm-hmm. of people that go to football games. Mm-hmm. And I think we're ruining the majority's experience. Mm-hmm. So, who cares about other countries? Let's do what's good for us. And, and I think the majority of people in this country would now vote to get rid of it. Barry, you're reconsidering maybe go against it and say, right, let's scrap it. You suggested I, I would scrap it. You would scrap yeah, it. 100% right? okay, I would scrap it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, not enjoy, I'm not enjoying no. um, some of the things that's no. happening and what I'm seeing over the, the last few days. Mm. We've seen the Maeda situation, then we've seen the Rashford mm. um, scenario over in, in Copenhagen. And in my, only my opinion, I think both of them are a yellow card at most. I, I also think we're going to get to, as we said earlier in the show, we're going to get to a situation where red cards are very common. Yeah. It's going to, we're forensically going to deal with corners where penalties are going to be given for, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I was a marker, I wasn't great in the air. Nearly every time I was ever man-marking a player, I'd have some sort of illegal contact with my player yeah. to try and stop him scoring a goal. It's going to get to a point where penalties are given all the time and red cards are given all the time and, and it's, it's, it's not even enjoyable as a player as someone watching it. It's, it's, it's ruining games. And you've played in England, in Scotland top level you've never been sent off but so what do you think that would be in your career if VAR had been there all the way is it 10 is it 5 is it 20 every week every week <laughs> the minimum absolute yeah. minimum 10 red cards in my career when I mean, you think of because it was I mean the referee sometimes you'd, you'd be given a yellow and you'd yeah. say right mm-hmm. that was I mean that was close you need to tone it back yellow card now that that was that Ange Postacoglu spoke about it I think last week when he spoke about it, it used to be kind of scared the referees who yeah. used, used to be the boss on the pitch I mean now when you're watching VR they aren't even the, they aren't the officials in charge really sure. it's a guy it's a guy in the studio that's, that's controlling he's really the one that's in charge and it can be a cop out as well now isn't it referees yeah. can give a yellow yeah. I'm not talking about the Maeda situation but I'll give it a yellow they'll check it and and, and, and the other night I, I spoke on I mean we're going to my opinion on it Celtic are already 1-0 down the game's gone against a team of yeah. Atletico's quality but that referee is being taken over to the referee in the studio or wherever he is mm-hmm. watching the game he's already decided that's a red card so you bring him over with the still shot to make sure that he's backed up in his decision that that's a red card strangling the game isn't it Barry it's taking the joy out of it that moment when yeah. your team scores it's amazing yep yeah. um, it's taking the enjoyment out of the game Paul and, and I keep going back to it going back to the way it was people are human they're going to make some mistakes but I mean I watched the game um, on a day and it was 14 minutes the extra time in the first half because there was a, I think three or four VAR instan- uh, instances and it took them two or three minutes to, to get a decision 
Um, right, where I believe they got two of them wrong out of the four. Horrendous. It's not good for the customer. It's not good for the fans, is it? You know, you have to rearrange your travel now if you're coming back from the game, if you get in the train or whatever, you need to get the later one. We need to break for the news and then we're back. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Well, it's been quite a week of European football. Highs for Rangers last night, 2-1 win. High for Aberdeen in the sense that they drew, but they won't be going any further in Europe. And for Celtic, it was a week they want to forget. We heard from Brendan Rodgers there. And yep, they've got Lazio in Rome in a couple of weeks' time and then Feyenoord in Glasgow. I mean, could they win those both those games? We'll ask Stephen McGinn and Barry Ferguson in a moment or two. Rangers last night, 2-1. It could have been more, but it's funny how two sometimes is... Uh, it's great when you get the second goal, Barry, but you want that third. Just to- yeah, it's a, a scoreline I, I never enjoyed yeah. when you're sitting at... Uh, 2-0 if they get a knee, uh, sorry a goal back then the nerves start to to come um, so it's always important to get that third goal but I seen a different side to them last night they, they defended well obviously Jack Butlin come up with a couple of good saves and, and he's been really impressive Paul just watching him he, he's, he's a real um, he's a top class goalkeeper he's a good communicator he's a presence and um, for for signing him on a free transfer I think it's some bit of business you think young Jack but he's 30 I know that's not old yeah, for a keeper but my only issue when Rangers signed him was he hadn't played a lot of football yeah. um, but listen he's come up here and he's embraced it mm. and he had big gloves to fill because Alan McGregor was a top class goalkeeper um, but big Jack Butlin's come in and he's looked to part and he's he's been like sometimes Rangers dominate the ball his concentration levels have got to be sky high and they certainly were last night you called a couple of months ago for a, a connection with the fans and the players at Rangers yeah. during the Michael Beale days. It's there now. The manager spoke about it last it's night. Maybe the most satisfaction thing of this evening, also because it's crucial. And when it was not the case, maybe we wouldn't have had uh, the energy to fight until the end or to make the decisive tackle or the decisive block. So, like I said three weeks and a half ago, it's. Uh, it's a big strength of this club. It's always have been. And I'm really happy in that short time that this energy is back, um, that the players feel it, that the fans feel it, and a story together is so much stronger. So I'm looking forward to have uh, a lot of evenings like this uh, next weeks, months and years. Yeah, when you have a connection with the fans, you're halfway there to being successful. I'm a big believer in that. You need your fans, and, and the fans are certainly buying into the the approach of the new manager um, and as I said Paul you could sense it last night the atmosphere was really bubbly a couple of hours before the game and then 10 minutes 5 minutes before it started the noise was was brilliant and, and you know what that gives, you, that gives you a lift as a player when you walk out and you hear that that noise and all the fans want to see is a committed team and certainly they're, they're getting a committed Rangers team at this moment in time 
called it the fun zone the other night. His English is really good, but he was saying the fan zone. And they've got a new area there as well. They've made quite a few changes around Edmondston House. And Yeah, it's good. They've got the museum there. Um, and they've got a, an area where it holds 300 people, where um, current players and ex-players go and, and do like a Q&A for five or ten minutes. So... It's good that it was needed, Paul, and they've obviously got other plans round about the stadium because um, it's important that you look after the fans there, the, the most important people. You want to get them there three or four hours before the, the actual kick-off um, and have like a kick kind of carnival atmosphere and that's what Rangers are, are obviously trying to, um, to trying to do just now and it's certainly working. Stephen, before the news, you said it's time to scrap VAR here in the Premiership in Scotland. Earlier today, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers was asked about VAR. Again, I mean, I can only talk for myself. I think the red card on Tuesday now was soft. But I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because there's decisions in all games that are some go in your favour, some don't. So it's just part of football. I think the technology is good for the game. I think, I think maybe the way it's applied in certain instances, referees could do better jobs at implementing it, but... I think the technology is still a good thing for you. And Brendan Rogers was asked more about VAR. No, listen, I think there's probably a high percentage of it which is really good. I don't think it's that the case. I think there's there's a lot of it um, uh, it's certainly helped the game. But I think now it's getting beyond the referee. There's no doubt it's been refereed a lot more outside of the field than it is in the field. Like if you look at the referee the other night, he's close to the action, he's given a yellow card. Okay, but somehow he gets told to look at the the screen and he comes to the screen and what's presented in front of him is Dizan's foot up but that's not a true reflection of actual the challenge at all so I think there's probably a lot of it is, is good but the bad in it is very bad and that's something that would have to be looked at whether it's whether it's worth it or not I guess Stephen the clubs could vote on it couldn't they and get rid of it do you yeah, think they will I mean I'm not sure yeah. exactly how the voting system goes there's, there's the obvious one in terms of maybe Celtic Rangers Aberdeen Hearts, whoever's in Europe, about what you say about having to play with it on the Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday night and not using it in the weekend and getting used to that. But I think a lot of the smaller clubs that are not in Europe um, are paying big money for bad decisions and for delayed games, um, a lot of confusion. I'm not sure they, they'd be quick to vote for it. Um, just, go, just quickly going back to yeah. the, uh, if, if I'm allowed to talk about Barry, um, you can tell with the enthusiasm Barry's got about last night that the atmosphere's better. The connection with the manager's authentic. That this this is a manager that's not he's not had to go to Rangers pubs, he's not tweeted anything, he's not had pops at Celtic in the media for, for cheap wins. This is a guy that seems to be building something that speaks well. He's delivering results and performances with a with a group that was as we said, there was banners about that, that group. There was a lot of confusion over the money spent in, in players and why why they look so far away from being Rangers quality this is a guy that's built building that and, and it's a genuine connection he's got it's not something that he's as I said that it was great for radio all the sound bites yeah. but he's not mentioned Celtic once yeah he's very straightforward very straight to the point and what also I like about him and I like hearing that for managers or players he's very respectful of the opponents I think you've got to have a level of respect no matter whether it's Sparta Prague whether it's Celtic whether it's Real Madrid whether it's St Mern or whoever You've always got to be respectful, Paul, um, and he certainly comes across that way. He gets on well with the Sparta Prague manager. Do you think they're the strongest team, apart from Rangers in, in the they're, section? They're good, I, yeah. I was impressed with them over there. Mm. Certainly, I think Stephen mentioned it at yeah. the start of the show. The, the first half over there, I'm mm. thinking, this is a handier yep. opponent. They're a good team. They're, they're not a top-level no. team, yep. 
they're, they're, they're a good team. Are they better than Real Betis? Mm, no, I would probably say Betis are, are the better team. I, I, I think uh, I think Betis will top the group. I think they'll beat Rangers in Spain. What I felt over the double header was I think Sparta Prague threw their best at Rangers, and and their chin took it. They stood up to it. I think Rangers threw their best at Sparta in the, the return game, and Sparta couldn't handle it. That that's my opinion in the double header. Um, I, I thought they got a bit of stage fright last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. yeah, and that's down to the way that the Rangers team started, but also the noise that the the Rangers fans created. I thought they looked a bit. Oof. But, but, but do you know I think as well the resilience in terms of not getting the breakthrough when they've played so well over there and they're thinking we threw everything at them they didn't break through what if we don't play as well tonight what if they play well mm-hmm. all of a sudden the noise coming out of Ibrox Rangers start like, like a train and they, they just buckled it was noisy wasn't it it was colourful they had those what was it they had you could see the, the coloured sort of banners Barry still got one in his car has he? <laughs> <laughs> no, but because you know what I'm coming to because two things one uh, but I do remember in the early days of Michael Beale there was great expectations it was there during the summer but last season until they played Celtic it was going well for them as I recall it didn't really change and Philip Clement has still to come up against Celtic but I would also say the Green Brigade have issued a statement just now. So it's clubs that are together, right? So two months ago, Barry Ferguson says they need to come together. Right? And there's a connection there just now. Absolutely. And Celtic, who haven't done as well in Europe, but have dominated domestically. Um, the Green Brigade, we know what's been going on. The club uh, yesterday were saying they're open to dialogue and um, they're not going to be charging you if you're not at the games and that sort of stuff. So the Green Brigade in the last little while have come out saying, following the latest statement from the board, we want to make a few points. We see little value in continuing this online game of statement tennis, they're calling it, uh, which they say was initiated by the board and which, if it continues to draw out and it continues to draw out by repeating the same they say disingenuous claims that the Green Brigade have already addressed so it's quite long uh, they say we note that the board claims to be open to dialogue but they claim it hasn't happened yet the club said they were busy with uh, transfer activity uh, so they claim it hasn't happened yet but the board do say that they're open to negotiations Um this is the Green Brigade saying today, should our own situation not be satisfactorily resolved, by the 25th of November, they want to organise a day of action at that match. That's the Motherwell game. Uh, they said they'll liaise with all interested Celtic fans, fan groups and the Celtic supporters clubs in the lead up to this date. The thing is, it's, it's a family disunited at the moment. What effect can that have? Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I was at the St Mirren game in... Um... Obviously, the empty spaces, it's noticeable. It's a big part of the the, yeah. the match experience in terms of the noise they generate in the, in the corner. I think the majority of the fans would would like them not to have the, what is he called, it statement tennis. I think yeah. they'd be happy for them just to they meet. I don't, know, I don't know if they've got who's in charge of, of the Green Brigade, who deals with it on the board. I think they need to come together and, and sort it out. It feels like it's something that flares up every every couple of years. Um, I've, read, I've read bits about it in terms of um, the Green Brigade saying that they're getting blamed for, for mm. actions at away games but sometimes the actually getting into the away games are quite dangerous yeah. um, mm. I've saw that first hand in terms of I've been at Tynecastle going to watch John in a derby mm. and you're funnelled into one turnstile mm. not ju- I'm not having a go at just hearts but mm. the way mm. sometimes the stewards and the police the way they treat away fans is as if everyone's on the verge of creating mm. trouble yeah. 
And it um, happened at Easter Road the other week. And I and know Easter Road, yeah, people, I've, good I've people who were there, and yeah. it's ridiculous yeah, it's the terrible. way they're being treated. And this needs to be called out. Yeah, it really does. It's ridiculous the way football fans have been treated. Sometimes the behaviour isn't right, but most people are just going to the game to support the football club. Yeah, and and that's the only bit that I think in one of the statements I think mm. they'd say we're an ultra group. Sometimes we bend the the rules. Mm. I think that's maybe what the board are saying. We we can't have you bending the rules. It, it's we are getting reports that it's dangerous. I mean, because if there's any sort of bending the rules on the day, the police and the stewards will, first thing they'll do to Celtic is, this is what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. They'll be getting handed um, rules. But it's not a good look for the club. No. Um, you want 60,000 to be there for all the home games. And as I say, the statement tennis, as they called it, that that's not a good look for the club. It's not a good thing, is it, Barry? Any no, club? Uh, Stephen just mentioned it there. Get round the table and bang your heads together and, and sort it out. Because as I said, that I'm talking for my club side of things where, Paul, if you think back four or five weeks ago, it was really toxic. It wasn't um, a nice atmosphere. And we're getting the fans back on your side. It, it creates a, a good bubbly atmosphere and that's what you need at the, the home games and the away games. Barry, what do you make at your old club? The news came out yesterday that Robbie Nielsen, so he's gone to mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I nearly said the Buccaneers, but of course that's the wrong sport. So what a job for him. And what about the report from a really good journalist, Mark Donaldson, who used to work with him. He says that um, he was offered a position at Rangers. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, oh, yeah it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to know why he, he wouldn't take a, a role at, at Rangers. Um, but obviously he's went across to the the States and, and um, he's, he's got a new job over there so yeah I was surprised to see that um, I didn't know anything about it um, I'm sure Stephen and yourself yeah. are, were surprised at yeah. um, that report it must be true you say he's a good journalist yeah. so um, yeah I'd be interested to see why he wouldn't want to take a a coaching role at Rangers what a choice Florida or Mount Florida I met a guy in the train one day George in the morning he was going to Glasgow I said where are you off to I thought he said I thought he said Florida I said alright oh, okay it was Mount Florida I thought he was going to some trip right Robbie Nielsen Tampa Bay oh it's a club I followed yeah. my, a good friend of mine um, from Ayrshire played with him down at Sheffield uh, Neil Collins he was the manager of the Rowdies for five or six right. years so yeah. It was something I'd heard a couple of weeks ago that he might be be taking a job. I, I can only think, I mean, Robbie Nielsen's been um, a prominent manager in this country. Um, he's very out there as a, as a number one. Um, and he just might find he's been, obviously, an assistant to Craig Levine at Hearts. He maybe find that he didn't enjoy it as much as being the main man. And as you say, it's, it, he's got a difficult job in terms of his high expectations at Tampa Bay, but it's not a bad place to, to spend your off your off days. It sure is, Barry. Were you ever tempted to spend a lot of time in maybe at the end? I know you were still playing at a really high level here. Yeah, I had a couple of opportunities yeah. to go mm. to the MLS to play. Mm. Um, and look, I've not got any regrets, no. but you sometimes wonder what it would have been um, like to go over there and and play. But the most important thing was family, Paul. Yep. Family mm. comes first. Instead of the pleasure beach yeah. in at Blackpool. Exactly. <laughs> uh, been there a few times. I get that story completely wrong. I thought the guy, I thought the guy was going to Florida. Sorry, Mount Florida. And I said, "All oh, right, you're back home tonight." He said, "I'm going, I'm going to Florida, not Mount Florida, from Uddingston on the 
6.20 in the morning. Right, Go Radio Football Show with Global early. Eco Energy. It was, it was an early start. Um, what about this? Are you looking forward now to the weekend, Barry, the football, getting back into yeah, domestic Yeah, and I'm looking forward to yeah. see how Rangers um, handle the, the tricky surface at, at Livingston. We spoke mm. about it. Uh, David Martindale um, sets his team up. Tough to beat. Rangers obviously had a, um, a tough game last night. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward not just to obviously the Rangers game, but I'm looking sure. forward to see what um, what results yeah. will happen over the over the weekend. We'll go through them shortly. Let's start on that artificial pitch then on Sunday. Here is Philippe Clement talking about Livingston. Uh, my thoughts about that: it's a different kind of football. You can compare it with other sports, like like for example tennis. You have some guys who win Wimbledon and don't win one other tournament because it's a really specific kind of surface. And for me, with the artificial, it's the same. The, the ball bounces different. The, the way you pass different, the speed of the ball is different. The way you kick a ball is also different. You cannot go on the neat like, like on a normal pitch. So you need to adapt. Uh, but I want a team who we never use these things as an excuse. I said it before Dundee also, when we were much too late there and with the bus and all, all these things. I don't want a team that, that's been stopped by circumstances. If tomorrow they say we don't need to play on the artificial pitch, but on the parking lot, we're going to do that because it's only one thing important and, and it's the win games. But I'm not a fan uh, in general, because for me, football need to play need to be played on grass. But I have the experience with it in in Belgium also. We had uh, with Sintrada one team who who play on artificial, so it's not something new for me. Stephen, you playing it all the time now. How different is it from a normal grass pitch? Yeah, it's very different. Um, it's something with, with playing with Kilmarnock and and then Falkirk. It's something. I mean, my my home pitch for the last few years has been the surface. It's something we. You're on board with, and you say when you're signing up, you know what you're signing up for. Um, I don't particularly love watching it as a, as a neutral. I'm okay with playing on it in terms of um, you get used to it. I don't think it's I don't think it should be allowed in the top league in our, our game. But it is what it is. If it's going to be in the top league, I think it needs to be ripped up every every two seasons. Because I think yeah. it, the, the, once they start to go, once they start to go thin, they're, they're really quite poor. Um, the surfaces even to play on. Um, but it's it's not really. I mean, you get certain games in the league, like Rangers' record against Aberdeen compared to Celtic's record against Aberdeen, and Rangers don't tend to have any sort of problems against Livingston. I think they've nine wins and a draw out the last ten. I think the last three games are eleven nil in aggregate. It's something that the Rangers players have been quite comfortable. They've got a good record there, so I expect it to be very comfy for them on Sunday. It would be great if we could scrap the pitch. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it, but you have to deal with it, Paul. Yeah. It's no if you're caught by surprise. Oh, I'm going to an artificial surface. You, you know what you're you're going to uh, have to deal with. Rangers have got one at their their, their training centre. I'm sure they would they'll train on that tomorrow to get used to it. And I like the managers. Is there's no excuses. Well, they just need to go and deal with the situation and make sure they come away with the three points. Yep, you might need to change the way you play depending on the weather. Because if it's if it's rain. And it is quite slick. I don't mind AstroTurf, but personally, top flight football, it should be played in grass. And I totally get the the leagues as you go down because it's good for obviously revenue, revenue, and, and they can allow, they can rent the pitch out and bring a bit of money in. So 
I totally get it at a lower level, but at the highest level in Scottish football, it has to be grass in my opinion. We're down to two and I'm, I'm still hopeful. I mean, I know Derek McInnes was never a big fan of, of the pitch. I know he was desperate for Kilmarnock to get a grass pitch down and you're hoping over the next few years that with Kilmarnock they're going to have the Billy Bowie training facility, yeah. which mm. looks really exciting for the club and really hope as a, as a football club they get back to grass because I don't know about Barry, but that was one of my favourite places to play in the country, yeah. Kilmarnock. Big, big, beautiful grass pitch. Um, used to love playing there. So, hopefully, we get down to one, and um, you never know. They could eventually bring in a total ban for it at the top level. Hope so. It's a big stadium as well, isn't it? It's eighteen thousand or something, I think. Barry, did you enjoy rugby? Yeah, park? I used to yeah. love going down to rugby park. The, the pitch was always good. Good big pitch. It was always a full house. Um, and I wonder, do they have groundsmen? Do you you get a groundsman at yeah. Falkirk? Yeah. That's a great well, question. Does it cut the artificial surface? So, <laughs> so the problem. So at Falkirk, I mean, it's council owned, so they have. Ah, oh, right. So it's of like course. the council. So sure. he's. Yeah. But at Kilmarnock and Mark Gal, that's been there, brilliant guy, yeah. honestly. What yeah. a guy, Mister Kilmarnock. He yeah. sort you out with anything down there. Yeah. Yeah. They just brush it. He well, brushes it. Someone to do with yeah. football. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I used to used to get a bit of stick. We used to say, yeah. "What do you actually do?" I mean, yeah. the groundsman. Go on. So, you got a puncture in the way down here I'll get that sorted yeah. for you but no I, I mean they do still roll it there was a different feel to it on match day Kilmarnock was quite good there's, I mean, there's some clubs in the league where you can turn up for an away game and maybe a kids game has just finished at 12 o'clock and they're still picking up the cones from that game and yeah. it didn't feel it didn't feel like a real game Kilmarnock had a rule a certain time on a Friday night from that moment there was no other football played on it and by the time you got there on a the Saturday there was a different feel to it from, from a Monday to Friday did you like it because they played in blue as well? So it was like a, <laughs> it's like one of the old Rangers away strips, isn't it? That blue and white. No, and one right. of my heroes uh -huh. played with Kilmarnock, Ian Durant. Ian Durant, of course. Yeah. So yeah. Um, coming up against, um, you just upset a lot of people in Dunnershire with that comment. Did I? I think, I think, yeah. yeah. What about the the strip? No, I'm joking. Just from yeah. in the, within yeah. the town, it was. It's yeah. one of those clubs. I think you always know Kilmarnock's quite a famous club in, in the course, country, one yeah. of the big clubs. But yeah. I didn't realise just how big it is and how passionate oh, they yeah. are until you get yeah. down there. Um, you speak about your cars I wouldn't get my puncture fixed after I dropped any points in that right. championship is that right yeah, yeah. but I, remember I was working uh, in that area when they won the cup and it was uh, you know Scottish Cup it was absolutely brilliant ah, he's know? trying to dig yourself out <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it was an attempt at humour it gives a rendition <laughs> of paper roses it, it was, oh, we could except that I, I'm you know nah but it was a good, always a good, always no loved it down there ah, it's yeah. a great place yeah, yeah. Good, great good ice cream shop isn't there? Yeah. What, what one? Uh, it's a famous one there, which uh, I'll tell you about during the break. I was down there yeah. to do one thing, Paul, uh -huh. and that was play football. <laughs> of course. It's a great club. And my old friend... Well, you're not going to get out of <laughs> no, exactly. It was a Listen, joke. You'll not be allowed back in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stephen, it was great having you on this show for the last few months. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! And your pals just sent you a picture of Ian Durant playing for Kilmarnock. The great days with him and, uh, of course, Ali McCoyst. Yeah, yeah. listen to absolute legends um, at the club. Yeah, he just sent me a picture through mm. uh, me playing against um, Durant. Yeah. I better give him a plug, Stephen. Good Tyler, by the way. Well done. Bumped into Andy this morning in town just next to Cafe Gandolfi. He was working at a new six by Nico, he said. Andy, Big Rangers fan, big listener to the show as well. So you want to wish him all the best? Yep. Yeah, um, there are a lot of people, yeah. Paul, like in the passing, whether you're, you're at the shops or at the football, um, a lot of people are are obviously tuning in um, and enjoying the show, which is which is brilliant to hear. 
Certainly when, when Rob's on. Yep, the Forum. <laughs> that's the one. The Forum in Kilmarnock. And also... Um, the Dragon is a great Chinese Listen, restaurant. I've not been out there. there. But I know friends who go there regularly and James told yeah, me about it as well. Absolute battered Kilmarnock. No, so I didn't at all. Not at all. I was joking about it and it was John Finney Street. It was mobbed. There was thousands of them there. But let's move on. What about Kelly this weekend playing against Hibs? We've got Motherwell Hearts, St. Johnson, Ross County and Dundee against St. Mirren. The, the game's tomorrow. Let's go on that one, Barry. What about Kelly at Hibs? I mean, we could say a lot about both of them. Kelly's away home, out away form needs to be better and what about Hibs is that seven games now without a win yeah, they, they need to get a win desperately um, yeah I, I think that's got a draw written all over the top of it Paul I haven't been honest with you um, yeah as you mentioned Command looks away form's not the best but they've certainly improved for last season um, and as I said I, I don't think Command have any issues with um, relegation Hibs on the other hand need to get a win because they're a ve very demanding set of fans the Berlin fans so yeah, I'm looking at that and I'm one each. Stephen, two of your old clubs, what do you think? I think Hibs will win. Um, you know, obviously kept an eye on Motherwell, Motherwell playing Kilmarnock last week and after the game you just thought Kilmarnock won again at home. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the form table and it's they're sitting top of the, the form table at home. They have 14 points from seven games, which is outstanding. Then you look at, I know they've played more games than, than anyone else. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> But away, away, only two points from five games again, and you're thinking, surely, surely this isn't going to be a, another home and away huge differential again this season. I think Dell Derek recruited really well in terms of he brought in a, a lot of legs. Some real, I mean, Vassell's playing at the top of his game. It's just they just can't find a solution to this away form, and uh, I just think I watched a bit of Hibs the other night. Obviously, being at the game quite impressed with them at spells I thought they had a breakaway at one point for to go 3-1 up and the next time they touched it was to take kick off um, but I think I think they won at home I, I've gone 2-1 to Hibs Are the Hibs fans what are they saying about well I thought I, first of all I commend they were there in great numbers the other night Good. I wasn't sure yep. what to expect in terms of an, a really really disappointing day on Saturday again for them at Hamden you know I thought they were excellent 11 v 11 then the red card happens and it's almost as if amount of times this happens in, in big games they just switched off they get done in the counter-attack Miofsky takes his goal brilliantly and, and they can't recover so it was a real blow I mean, with the way you're playing I mean they looked like one winner at the start of that second half and then they go and lose that game and then they lose the, the goal late on but hearing good things about Nick Montgomery very popular mm. with, with players and staff and I think I think he's going to need to get to January and recruit well I think I think that, need te that team needs a bit of help especially defensively but I think they might win on Saturday Tomorrow, Barry Motherwell against Hearts. Good game, isn't it? Yeah, very good game. Um, listen, it looked it was going to be a bad Tuesday for Motherwell when they were up at Perth against St. Johnson, but um, full credit to them. The second half, Paul, they showed yeah. good fight back qualities. They got a point, and um, I'm sure Stuart Kettlewell will be looking um, for three points because they need to get a win under their belt. They've went too long. And on the other hand, Hearts against Stephen Nesmith needs to go there and get three points. He has to. Again, similar to Hibs, the Hearts fans are a very demanding bunch of supporters. So I, I'm looking at that one. I, I'm going to go for Muddle to win that. You're going for the well? Yeah, I'm going to go for Muddle. Stephen, you're smiling. Your brother, of course. Uh, what are you thinking? Somebody's on. Uh, just the yeah. message, just talking uh, about you trying to dig your foot. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> I think you got it right the first time. Yeah, uh, yeah so. obviously, Motherwell, we gave yeah. him a lot of credit. During the time they played Celtic Rangers and they lose, and it's been a long time since they won a game. 
um, you start to look at the table and you're 2-0 obviously Paul being part of the team St Johnson go 2-0 up and you look at the table and you think their point mm. as, as it stands they're a point above bottom from where they were it was, things were so good six weeks ago um, but it was a good fight back and, and I think it's a big thing they've got BRF back fit um, on loan from Arsenal I think he's a, he's a big player for them and he took his goal well again the other night so I just think the firepower they've got with him back fit and Wilkinson um, I've gone for 2-1 to, to Motherwell How is Paul again? Because an injury to your brother? Yeah, he fractured his yeah. cheekbone down at um, Kilmarnock last week so a bit of a shocker in terms of how it looked after it it's something that I've done myself fractured my cheekbone in my eye socket mm. years ago but it didn't seem to kind of stick out the way Paul did so they Was that an operation? Operate, so they decided yeah, operation yeah. to to get a uh, to get that sorted out so that happened uh, very quickly on Tuesday so hopefully we'll be back before we know it and your scoreline what do you think 2-1 to Motherwell 2-1 to Motherwell so you both think the well could win it what did you feel during the week when uh, John uh, he was asked about his celebration you know the goggles and he he spoke about it it's really quite moving about it's about his nephew yeah no it's really nice uh, yeah we Jack it's Paul's son mm-hmm. um, obviously from, from nowhere the optician says that he's going to need glasses and automatically think of the consequences with that of going into school and and, and playing football you know obviously can't wear norm glasses it's a goggle so yep. it's just sort of something John did for him and, and it's really took off he just wanted to kind of raise awareness of all the kids out there that might have similar and, and have to wear goggles and um, we Jack we Jack loves yeah. that something he does I mean yeah. I think he scored the other week and yeah. the cameras didn't catch the, the celebration so Jack obviously the goal I think it was in the, the conference league so Jack yeah. is already in bed right. so he wakes up the next morning yeah. and um, Lynn and, and Paul are quite excited to show him the goal back he didn't do the celebration oh, no. the camera hadn't caught it yeah. so we had to find the uh, club photographer to get pictures that for proof that he actually he did, did it within the game but it's something it's um, yeah John not just for Jack but for all the kids out there that don't have brilliant eyesight and have to wear it to play football and it's um it's just really caught on. It's really nice of him to do. Really nice touch, Barry, isn't I'd l- it? I'd love yeah. to do it if I ever scored. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I've just, time. you know what? Yeah. Stole my yeah. thunder there. Right? <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. It's yeah. good to get to do it. No. <laughs> you never know. It's brilliant that he does that, though, isn't it, for uh, the week? Because I wondered what yeah, it was all but about. Not just because yeah. it's his nephew, but yeah. also Stephen makes a good point. It's for other young kids that um, probably are looking at their, their, their yeah. pals and they're playing, and how do they know need glasses? So, well, yeah, but it's a moving touch. Well, I, sh- I shared it, and you do. Uh, I got quite a lot of messages, and it was um, thanks, my my son. Um, this we went through the same thing, and it's not something he likes doing, and he's quite embarrassed about it, and. John McGinsey's hero and he just can't believe that that's why he does it and it's a, so it's, it's, it's an amazing thing and hopefully he keeps scoring and keeps doing it Exactly Good win for them again last night just uh, going off to that Yeah yeah, yeah it was an important win you know the daily setback in, in the group yeah. um, and they've, they've now recovered that because it's it's important to finish top in the groups so you miss mm-hmm. out that extra um, double header to to qualify after Christmas so it's very important to finish top you know they've got a manager with a lot of pedigree in Europe and it's a tournament they'd love to, to lift at the end of the season. They would indeed, and they may well do. Liverpool will be among the favourites um, in the Europa League. Barry, the big news last night was uh, Luis Diaz's dad being freed before the game. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? I know they lost the game, but that was fantastic news that he's been freed by the kidnappers. Yeah, and fair play to Diaz to yeah. be playing through that. I, I couldn't mm. imagine what he's, he's obviously went through. But the support, to be fair, he's had for his teammates, his manager, the Liverpool fans. And, and listen, Everybody in football, Paul, 
Um, it must have been a horrible situation to go through, but brilliant news that his 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 father's going to get released. Can't even comprehend, no. comprehend no, I it. I mean, even, so, I, what do you do there? Yeah, move them over now, hopefully. Mm. Exactly, it's great news. Back here today, Brian Rice has left uh, Alawa Club. You know well, Barry. You had some good times there. He's gone to a coaching role at Livingston, so it's a job for someone else coming in. But what, are you surprised that Brian has moved? Um, not easy experience, Paul. Yeah. Um, and maybe David Martindale's want to use that mm -hmm. or tap into that knowledge that Brian Rice has uh, has got. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I was a bit surprised because obviously I know Alawa. It's a very well-run part-time club. But listen, this is a full-time opportunity for him, so I'd imagine that's the reason why Brian Rice has, has moved to Livingston. Stephen, you've played them many times. Yes, yeah, a decent coup for, mm -hmm. uh, for Livingston in terms of... Brian Rice, when he very first took the Hamilton job, mm -hmm. caught a lot of people by surprise because he'd been a Premier League assistant manager for such a long time. He was assistant manager for me at St Mirren. Um, for a season yeah. so it was something that you never can expect them to step out to be the number one and I don't know I mean his Alawa team were a nightmare to play against last year he'd built a really experienced team very physical real tough games we had against him last year but they lost a couple of players um, we went and signed Ross McIver from them one of their main strikers they've not quite hit the same heights um, we, we, we beat them comfortably a couple of weeks ago and you just wonder if you maybe get a bit frustrated with rebuilding every year and he's got a chance to go back and do a job so decent coup for Livingston Any thoughts who might get the job? No at, at Alloway, Barry no will not better Barry any any word there? Not not at the moment No I can't it's even a, another can't job even think Let's go back to tomorrow then what about St Johnson Ross County Stephen you first so Craig Levine we were all surprised that he's back in management after so many years out but he is and he got a great first half the other night so what do you think? St Johnson Ross County huge game um, I, I've just gone you look at it and you think obviously that manager bounce when they're 2-0 up the other night and you're thinking what a start that would be in terms of changing the manager and right away 6 from 6 but they, they, they throw away that 2 goal lead and you're thinking there's a reason Craig Levine's in so early in the season the recruitment wasn't right in the summer um, I think for the most part their squad's not of the quality required for the Premier League. So, and with the firepower Ross County have got, the experience of Malcolm McKay, I expect them to win 1 0. You think the Ross County are going to win and away win? You yeah, reckon? Yeah. yeah. Barry, what do you feel? Yeah, I fancy yeah. Ross County. Um, they've been pretty good on the road over the last couple of weeks, um, taking a few points. I'll be disappointed with the one at Muddle, obviously, in the lead, and Muddle will get the goals back to get a point. But yeah, I, I fancy Ross County. Ross County have got some good players, Paul. Um, yeah. I thought they'd done really well against Celtic down to 10 men for that length of time they just got towards the last 10 or 15 minutes when tired uh, starts yeah. to kick in and obviously Celtic get a couple of goals at the end but yeah I think Ross County um, I'll do a a job down at McDermott Park tomorrow Dens Park Dundee St Mirren another game that you, you wouldn't mind seeing it would you Barry yeah. Yeah, well, to well, to. Tony Dog, I think he's done a, yep. a great job, and it shows you the kind of mentality of them. Obviously, Rangers run over the top of them, and then that can affect um, players. But credit to the Dundee players, they get a good result and picked up another three points. But I just look at St. Marlin, they're in a, a crest of a wave just now. You can see there's confidence um, coming back twice against Hibs. Uh, they played really well. Uh, St Mern um, at stages so I fancy St Mern to go up to Dens Park and get the three points staying third top of the table what yep. do you think Stephen? 
Yeah, as I said, I said last week, I'm really pleased for Tony Docker. You speak about Brian Rice being a long time Premier League assistant manager. That was Tony Docker. They another surprising when he when he took the number one job in the summer. But as Barry said, I think St Mirren have got something going. Um, I think this could be the year. I don't want to jinx it for um, any St Mirren fans listening. But I think this is a the year they they take the club back to Europe. Um, wow. They're sitting yeah. well. They have a real good start to the season, only losing to Celtic Rangers and. For, for 25 30 minutes the other night, it was as poor as I've seen them in a long time. But they just stay in the game, and as Barry said, they come back twice. There's a, there's a real spirit about them. I don't expect them to, to start as slowly as they did the other night. And they've got goals from different areas and don't give much away. So, yeah, I think Simon will win that one. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! Listen, thanks for making the switch to the Go Radio Football Show and to Go Radio in general. We're looking forward to Sunday morning, the business show with Hunter and Hockey. They are on fire. So 11am or wherever you get your downloads. Looking forward to that on Sunday morning. Sunday then, yeah, it's quite a day, isn't it? Because you've got Livy Rangers at uh, 12 o'clock and then at 2.30, mm-hmm. Celtic against Aberdeen. Doesn't get much better than that. Let's hear from the managers. Philippe Clement, what's he learned about his team in his opening three and a half weeks? Yeah, that uh, did it in a mature way. Yeah, in, in a lot of situations, doing the making the right decisions as a team. So that's good. Let's work for me. <laughs> To, uh, to explain them some things. Um, it was not everything perfect, but most of the things they were. Um, so they didn't become too nervous also after the 2-1, what you have sometimes with teams. Um, but for that, we have the, the experienced guys on the pitch and with, with, with Jack, with, uh, with Tef, with Lenny, uh, with Connor, with Ryan also. They, they take the lead in, in those things and, and it's, it's really crucial for the coach to have People like that on the pitch who can be a right hand in in this circumstance. Yeah, Barry, what do you feel? Some of those players that maybe you thought might have left, you know, over the summer, like Lindstrom, for example, he might have gone. He stayed. Scott Wright, yeah, is a, a very good example at the game on yeah. Sunday, and I, I I never expected Cantwell to get took off. He's obviously made a decision, and the decision what Scott Wright yeah. came on and he was effective. Paul scored a good goal yeah. um, for Rangers to go two 0 up. Um, but you, there's a difference in a lot of the players. Um, he's obviously gave them a fair bit of confidence. You can see it in a short period of time. But um, I'm not going to get carried away. But up until now, I've got to be honest with you, I've been very impressed by him. How he's how he handles the press, how he handles the the, the, the team. You can see there's nice wee touches when players come off. He'll spend five or ten seconds with them. And that can go a long way. Um, so certainly they're, they're certainly on the, the right track. It's a great thing in a team when uh, Barry, Barry will back this up when anyone can get subbed when the manager looks at performance and he thinks nah Todd Cantwell was on a yellow card last uh, last week he, he wasn't playing as well as he can and he just takes him off at half time automatically that sends a message out to the rest of the squad that that can happen to anyone if you, if you are running the risk on a yellow card to maybe get sent off if you're, if you're not playing well I'll just take you off and I'll put on someone that was it? I mean, Scott Wright was. I don't even know if he, he landed in Turkey, but he was on the way out. He was just bring him on at half time to to change the game. Uh, the way I look at it, I don't. I don't think it'll matter if you're the best player, the highest paid player, the captain. If he feels that he needs to change it, he'll make that change to benefit the team. Here's a bit that, more. That's yeah. that's what I've seen, 
in this short period of time. He's decisive, isn't he? He yeah. knows what he wants. Yeah, yeah, he knows what he wants and um, he's getting what he wants, Paul, at this moment in time, but it's just about doing it. Listen, short term, you can do it. It's about doing it medium term and long term. And that record continues in Europe. Rangers' performance, the win. Last night, 2-1, it could have been more. This is him afterwards. Yes, because if you see the strength of the opponent also, I think yeah, this is the best team we played against until now. Uh, okay, in Prague also. And um, the first half was really good. I want to see that football during 90 minutes. That's, that's the goal. But I know you cannot do that in the situation that we were a few weeks ago in a few weeks so we need more time for that to get everybody at a at a really top physical level also to to do all this distance or to do this intensity at high speeds uh, with and without the ball but it's very important uh, also the guys who came in second half when somebody some guys get tired that uh, they give the good energy to the team and guys who came out of injury like uh, like Tom for example one of the players who brought energy uh, Ross McCausland you first need to sign and then I will say more. Okay. As long yeah, as long as there's no signature, there's there's no signing for me. But it's clear that uh, I'm giving him good chances. He knows that I believe in him for the future. So it's about him and his family to make the right choice. Then just though he's about to sign the new contract. Yeah, I've been impressed when he, he's come on. He's he certainly made an impact, Paul. And and listen, there's nothing I like to see better than a young player being given the, the opportunity. Um, and and look, it's clear that Philip Clement fancies him. He, he wants to get him signed up, a long-term contract. And I just think that'll be a matter of time because um, he's obviously shown that there's a pathway um, for younger players to go and make that breakthrough into the first team. What did you think about Robbie McCrory being in the Scotland squad? I know you'll be pleased. It's tough for him though, not playing enough football. Yeah, I think um, I think he, he'll come to a stage where he, he, he'll need to go in and play. Um, I like him, I think he's a, a very good goalkeeper, but he's at an age, Paul, where he, he needs to really think he's future um, going forward. And I'm sure he'll want to play week in, week out. It looks very, very unlikely that that's going to happen at Rangers uh, just because of the impact that Jack Butlin's made. And Stephen, on that, not just about the Rangers uh, goalkeeper. What about the Scotland situation? Angus Gunn injured, is going to be out for later this month. Aaron Hickey as well is out. And we know about, obviously, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson. A few injuries which we've not had for a long time. No, but thankfully, it's job done. Yeah. I would say the thought of coming up to this doubleheader, um, needing a win with yeah. the players we have missing, it'd be, a, it'd be a real problem. So great credit to the, the staff and players for getting the job done early because... I think even just that formation with both of the left left backs out just to cause mayhem with with the change. So delighted it's done. I think it's going to be hard to to win the games in, in their absences. But with the Euros coming up in uh, next summer, it's a chance for people to to step up. From, from Rangers' point of view, I think Ross, uh, Robbie McCrory is a very very steady number two. I think they'll be delighted to have him there. But I think once he gets a taste for being in the Scotland squad, probably look at the competition in terms of Liam Kelly and. Um, Xander Clark, Clark yeah. I think well you know if I go out and play mm -hmm. could I try and nudge ahead of them make some good performances get into the Euros because three goalkeepers are going to go to the Euros Angus mm -hmm. Gunn's one of them um, I think there's a fight up for the other two so I think Robbie McCrory might be eager to go out in January to, to go and play and could Craig Gordon be back 
by then for Hearts. I mean, he could well be. I know he's back in training and everything. And, I, I yeah. mean, you never know. I don't think Xander Clark's having a brilliant season. Yeah. Um, and if, I mean, Craig Gordon looks great. I've got to be honest, I, I didn't think at his age and the, the seriousness of injury that he would try and come back. So full credit to him for coming back. And um, I don't think he's going to um, wait long to, to chat for his opportunity. Back to Sunday's games then. Livy against Rangers. Stephen, what's your thinking? We heard there from... Uh, Philippe Clement Rangers on a roll yeah as I said it's it's not a team Rangers have a great deal of difficulty with I think Livingston are struggling this season I, I think yeah. it'll be their third 4-0 third victory in a row over Livingston I think so yes yeah. Barry you were at the draw last year weren't you you know when Stephen said there was only one draw in recent years was that the game you were at the start of last season yep. Seems I'm going to the game on Sunday yep, we're, yeah, yeah I'm in hospitality oh, excellent. going with a few of my mates um, so. what's it like there is it good yeah it's yeah. good Um yeah, good, good food, good yep. laugh, um, and um, hopefully I'll, I'll go there and, and see a, a Rangers victory. I, I'm really confident um, Rangers going there on Sunday. Um, I like the manager's attitude. There'll be no excuses, but I think Rangers have got that devilment about them, that, that change of attitude where I think they'll go and they'll, they'll win pretty convincingly 2 or 3 nil. 2 or 3 nil. So that's the earlier kickoff then, isn't it? 12 o'clock, Livy against Rangers and then 2.30, Celtic against Aberdeen. Let's hear from Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, he was asked quite a lot about, you know, midweek in European football. Obviously it is very difficult and I think, you know, the more we can kind of be exposed to to that level of opposition, you know, the, the better we'll get. So yeah, I, th I think it takes time. I think it's just about constantly kind of, first of all, getting into the Champions League and exposing yourself to, to that level of opposition. And then from there, you know, you hope that you kind of grow and learn from, from the experiences. Eventually you can you can compete and, and win games. Because they've got to shake that off, haven't they, Barry? They've got to forget about Atletico. Yeah, and the, the great thing is you've, you've come up against a, a, a tough opponent. The last time they were, um, well, sorry, they were there last weekend, but the previous to that, they came to Ibrox and, and deserved to beat Rangers. Um, so I'm sure Barry Robson will have his Aberdeen um, team up for it, but I just think Celtic being at home, they want to go out and, and um, put that to, to bed, that horrendous result midweek. And I think Celtic will take um, a few goals off Aberdeen. You reckon a few goals off them. Let's hear from the manager. Speaking about Dyson Maida's injury and uh, other players. Yeah, all good, apart from... Dizan Mieda will probably be Dizan probably be up to six weeks out with the injury from the uh, the challenge. So um, he's sort of strained his 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 medial knee ligament, which comes from when you just knock a player on the foot. If, if he was in stronger in the challenge, he probably wouldn't have had the injury. So uh, just a clash of feet, it's just opened up his knee ligament. So um, so it's a big shame for us because he's been brilliant. For, for me since I came here and Stephen that's ironic he's saying if he'd be stronger in the challenge he wouldn't have been as injured yeah uh, I remember the automatic flashback mm -hmm. in the, right at the start of my career is um, my assistant manager at the time Andy Millen mm -hmm. and the back oh, yeah. a sore knee and his medial test I don't know if it would stand by the, the physios and doctors yeah. these days but he took me over to the old away stand at Love Street I don't know if you remember there was five aside pitches yeah. put a ball against the wall and I was to tackle it side foot as hard as I could and I did it and he says was that sore and he said no no really he says right okay you can play tomorrow then <laughs> so uh, yeah I'm not, as I said I'm not sure that passes these days but that was it's the first thing that came to my mind yeah. but what are you thinking about Sunday what about the game well Cameron Carter-Vick has just spoke about qualifying for the Champions League again the, the route for Celtic Rangers this year is to, to win the league again 
Uh, and a big part of that is parking the disappointment from Atletico. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Athlet uh, Aberdeen's best performances have been, been against Celtic, Rangers, Frankfurt, PA, OK, and uh, at home and away um, recently. So I think it's going to be a tough game. But I just think with what Aberdeen put into Thursday night and the quality Celtic have got, they'll, they'll edge it 2 1. And a bit more from Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, but I also think that's why we coach and it's why we manage. You know, clearly I always say after any loss, you have a grieving period for 24 hours, but then you move on. Like in life, you can't, you can't dwell too much. And that's why we get paid as managers and coaches. You know, we get paid to, to, to train the players, to coach the players, um, to speak around confidence. Because there's no doubt when a, if, if two players are the same and one has confidence and one doesn't, the player with the confidence is much better. And that's my job to ensure that my speeches and the sessions we have is there to improve the confidence level of players. And, and for me, I've seen that after the disappointment. They've come back in and a couple of days been been very good. So we move on to the next game. Barry Kieran was on asking, can Celtic still take points in Europe in the last two games? Will they? I don't think they will in um, Lazio. Um, I think there's a, a good possibility they could um, against Feyenoord at home. Stephen, what do you feel? Can they take points Celtic against Lazio in a couple um, of weeks' time? Not with their European record, no. no. I, okay. I, I, think that, I think the chance to beat Lazio went at Celtic Park. I think Europe's gone for them this season. I think they'll try and save face by winning a game. Um, they've won in Rome before, yeah. but yeah, I just I think I think they ought, the the domestic things are priority priority now. And Feyenoord, could they take Yeah, they points? could win, get in that, yeah. but the problem is Feyenoord could, could be going to that last yeah. day trying to win to qualify, so it's going to be a real tough two games. There's another famous face, the late, great Tommy Burns. Yeah, coach, sent coach that in Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yep, yep. very good coach. Along with Walter. Real good guy as yep. well, top guy. Yep. He enjoyed his and time down at Kilmarnock. Good left peg. One of the best. Barry, thanks so much. We'll see you on Monday. We'll hear you then. Cheers, Enjoy the weekend. Stephen, see you next Go week. Go to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.